Blog Talk Radio. In my helmet, cleats, and shoulder pads Standing in the huddle Listening to the call Fans going crazy for the boys of fall Hey everybody, uh, welcome to the fifth quarter It's Coach Johnson I'm your host Dave Johnson Glad to have you with us tonight uh, we have a lot of good topics and things to talk about. It's getting closer to uh, women's football. Uh, you can start to hear off the practicing. And, uh, you know, there's a, a lot of teams already out there working and uh, off-season stuff, doing a lot of seven-on-seven drills. And uh, any anything you can do to help these girls gain some knowledge and experience Hey, that's always a, a good thing, and uh, you know that's um, so many, so many girls that you talk to out there. Say, man, I watched, I watched a ton of football over my life. I thought I knew football until I started playing, and they say, Lord have mercy, I, I don't know anything. You know, just sitting and watching TV and listening to announcers talk a little bit. And, uh, you know, I guess it helps you in some way. But I'm telling you, if you get out there and play and you're in it and you're exposed to it all the time, there's just so much of uh, this kind of stuff that you just actually don't know. Um, you know, it's kind of the deal. They sort of, um, you know, they get – Gain knowledge. I mean, I can remember playing, but from the time I could hold up, remember even being around, we we've been playing football and having an older brother that you know helped me and played with him and all that. I just felt like you know each year that I played, I was that much further ahead than everybody else. And and these girls have an unfair advantage, you know, where they don't get to uh, do that stuff. So uh, you know, getting started late, a lot of them real late life. Um, oh, really hurts them, and uh, uh, you know, Coach Mike. I can remember um, when he's going to be joining us here in a second. But I can remember when uh, uh, you came to us about. I guess this would be your fourth year, and uh, we were talking before you ever actually joined the team. How much uh, different? I kept trying to tell you how much different things were uh, between the women and men, even though it's the same game. And uh, four years later, uh, what, what's your thoughts on that now? Well, yeah, well, yeah, I remember that clearly. It was like yesterday talking to you, and I, I thought uh, that I'm not gonna say I thought you were crazy, but I thought, well, how different could it be? You know, it is football after all. Um, and you know, the one thing you have to do is change your. Uh, you don't have to necessarily change your coaching philosophy. You just got to change the way, I guess, you 
you get your point across uh, as far as te- uh, terminology and things. And it's, it is, it's so different uh, with, um, you know, everything is different about it. It, it, it. I mean, you look on, if you're a fan and you're looking out there, uh, I think from a fan point, uh, you probably could, could see football out there. But I think uh, from a coach's standpoint, the, how it's different is that we know um, that what it took to get those individual ladies uh, in place to, to play this sport uh, and how raw they are and how much they don't know uh, and even if they do know how ne- how they've never been coached, or uh, which can be a blessing too, but uh, just the, the the everything from it, from the physicality to the to the terminology to your your coaching style, not necessarily your philosophy, all of it, everything is is, is different. Yeah, you know, it, it's the same game. Um, you know, actually, we played by uh, let's say this in this league. We played by women's or high school rules, and the lot of leagues they played by college rules. It's the same games, the same game, but because of the knowledge and the unfair advantage that these girls have growing up to gain that knowledge, it, it just makes it tough to get them where they need to be once the season starts, just in a couple of days a week of practice for a couple, you know, three months uh, before you play. I figured up one year, um, we know some boys that play in high school, actually, and they had two-a-days. And, Mike, I figured up in the first uh, two weeks they had two-a-days, they would have practiced more or at least the same time. I can't remember the exact figure. It was either more or the same amount of times that our team would have practiced before we went to play our first game. Now, just think of that for a minute. And that that's just unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, I, I remember we were talking a little bit uh, uh, this past uh, workout that we had about, you know, how, you know, how the game has changed as far as how, how we fake to – how quarterbacks fake – uh, to uh, to the running backs now in the NFL, and they're actually faking to nobody. And I was like, dude, in our day, did you even did you, would you ever have dreamed of somebody uh, handing off a fake handoff to nobody? Um, and you know, I say that to say that the game has has evolved uh, so much um, that uh, y- even 20 years ago, they're probably still their two a days probably still would have been. Uh, well, they would have been a way more than what we practice before we do our first game. Um, and, you know, we it, it's it's sad that we can't – it's really a tragedy for us as coaches, but for these women as players that we can't have as much time as we really want to have with them to get them caught up. I mean, we're at our – I'm in my fourth year. This is the fifth year of the team, and we still have, uh, you know, issues where we're trying to, you know, start from scratch. Uh, from players, you know, from just from year one because we don't have that quality time with them. Yeah, it it, it really is. Uh, it, it's sad when you think about it. I mean, it, it's amazing when you look at, at some of the product you see on the field, uh, what you can do in such a short amount of time with these girls. But then when you get thinking about it, it's sad because just think what you could do. And you know, and, I, and this, this topic sort of just brings me, caught talk, talk my attention up, you know, the last few days that we've got to work out and uh, have some girls that are really, real, some new girls that are really, really talented, but just are 
I ain't going to say lost, but just, you know, every single aspect of the game, you have to tell them. And people don't realize that takes a lot of time. And it's just not one. When you have a bunch of them, and even returning players, their knowledge still is not where it needs to be. Just for the simple fact, we don't get to see them on a regular basis. And people just don't realize how important that is. Um, for us to, as coaches and, and as owners and as some of these girls as players and, and both and are all three, and it just makes it so tough and it gets so frustrating sometimes. Um, I know it does for coaches and owners and, and even for the players, but, you know, it, it's a process. And, you know, it goes back to the thing we talk about all the time, it's something that, you know, I believe is never going to change until this becomes these girls' job like it does, it is in the pros. Because as long as these girls have to work, I mean, yesterday we actually had a uh, scheduled workout. A girl came for, I don't know, 30, 45 minutes and said, hey, appreciate y'all let us work out there. I got to go to work. That's what you get and uh, until – you know, something, some way, somehow becomes the work. It's these girls' jobs. I think, uh, you know, it's the kind of thing we're going to see year in and year out. Yeah, uh, again, you know, we our practices that we have with our girls, you know, we, we just, if we have them on the workout, we try to get it as, as, as long as we can with them, and uh, especially on the weekends, you know, we, we try to get – you know, our practice is at least a few hours and more than two or three hours to try to get them out there. Um, and, you know, the, 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 the problem, problem, the issue with the way that this was for us is that, you know, our girls or our team doesn't even hit its stride uh, until we're like in the fifth game of the season uh, when some things have made sense. And in case, some cases, if we even play girl, the, our teams uh, the second time, uh, second time around. Um, but, you know, not only just approaching as their job, but, you know, I, I think is, is once we can get, uh, you know, women's football uh, integrated in, in, say, high schools, uh, man, I'm not going to say college just yet, but, you know, if we can get it integrated to Little League all the way up to high school, uh, we can start to get that <clears throat> maybe that, that time that we have uh, with them uh, is spent more uh, of teaching uh, our what we're expecting as opposed to just the basics of the game. So uh, it certainly is a trying for us. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, it's it's going to take here, and you're exactly right. You pointed on it. Um, even I think, and the more you know, we think about it. We talk about it all the time, and and we talk about it on this show a lot. It's always on all these girls' minds. Um, you know, they want they want to do it full time, but they can't. They can't afford it. You know, they would love to be able to get paid for it. It's a process, definitely. Uh, you know, I, I can see at times, I think that we're really, really close. And then at times, I think, you know, we're, we couldn't be farther away. Just, and I say that, a lot of people are probably frowning on me right now, but I say that for the simple reason that really you have a few people that have the same ideas in mind, and you have a few people that really would like to see that. And you think when you talk to them or they tell you we're all on the same page, but just really as soon as you turn your back, they're not on the same page. But most people, no matter what, only care about their team and about their players. And there's not going to be 
just one team out there that gets paid. It's going to be um, a lot of different people getting paid, and there's so many jealous people, even if they don't own a team, even if it's just people doing shows, people writing blogs, people posting stuff, it's always people jealous of the other one, you know. You know, like us, we're, I, I never claimed that we were uh, the first team to ever play in a, in a, or getting to play in the NFL stadium. I don't know who has or not. I'm just talking about what exciting times that is for us. And then other people say, well, you know, you're not the first one. And you know what? Who cares, man? It's not about for the first, for the last. It's about what's the great thing for our, our girls and women's football. And I when you think about all that, it leads me to believe that we're as far away as we've ever been until the one thing you touched on, we get it in the high schools and we get it in the middle schools and we get women's football where more people have more knowledge about the game, period, not just about playing, but about the game that it really exists and things like that because we're so far behind of the media the the fans of anybody in general even knowing about women's football we're so far behind i mean it, it's it's just unbelievable well you know not even that or not only that it's just that um you know this this lingerie football league has really in my mind done such a a, a uh, tarnishment to women's football because even today and now even though there's hundreds if not thousands of women's football tackle football teams uh, around this country and even in some cases around the world, overseas and so forth. Um, today, even tomorrow, if I was to walk down the mall and I ask somebody, hey, do they, you know, you want to play women's football, the first thing they obviously think is lingerie football. And, uh, you know, the media puts puts such a, a, a tarnishment on women's football as well because those that's the stuff that's getting publicity. The publicity that we're getting right now, minus, and I'm saying women's football, not just us, the publicity that, that we're getting is within our own little community. And we, we're trying to get it out there. But if for some reason, every time, we, I mean, you know, we go out and ask, you know, hey, have you ever played football? And they're, they're asking lingerie football. And it's such an insult to a lot of women that play uh, gridiron football. Um, and, you know, again, until we can inter- integrate it into our, our youth uh, and we can integrate it up into the high school ranks uh, to see how serious uh, that we are about women's football and how we want to uh, progress, um, you know, we're always going to be uh, compared to that women's lingerie football league, and it's very, very sad. Well, if you, you know, and not in the past probably couple of years, but um, we used to, me and Jeffrey used to watch it on Sunday. Um, what takes away uh, from the the football aspect is the lingerie aspect because I'm going to tell you, uh, when me and, me and Jennifer watched, uh, I ain't going to say a lot of that, but um, we watched some games. There's some really, really good players in that league. Um, and, you know, I guess because they're, you know, they want to get their name out there and they want to get a paycheck or, or whatever, I guess, and they want to play, I guess that's why they do it. And there, there's some really, really good players um, on those teams, and it, and it is sad that you just have to associate the, the two together. You know, it's just sad that they can't go out there and just play regular football um, the, with the same rules and everything, same padding and all that, and, and really help. Uh, 
and another thing, you know, you talking about what we're doing, um, you know, just in our community. It's it's every every team um, is going to benefit from other teams something happening good, and it just seems like that as many as much as we want that to happen, it just seems like there's so many people that are so jealous of each other and don't want that to happen. Even people that don't even have teams or or you know think they know about women's football or or whatnot. It you know, and that's the one thing that I, I promise you, until until we all can figure that out, we're going to keep butt heads because we think we're doing something good. We get excited about it, and then somebody on there wants to post about it. They want to try to bring you down, even especially when it's none of their business, first of all. Uh, second of all, they just want to get on there and run their mouth uh, when when nobody cares about what they have to say, or at least I don't. And uh, so, you know, we don't. I don't get on there and post about or or dog all these other teams and and things they do and and what they're trying to do. And I and I don't like that. And that's one thing I'm telling you. As much as the knowledge, as much as nobody knowing about what's going on, that's the kind of stuff that uh, set this all back in the main uh, goal uh, for for these girls. It's not about me and you or these dudes that think they might know football and get on their post. Regardless, it's about these women that play football on these teams. Nobody else. You know, I remember uh, if it was last season or the year before last, I think it was the year we actually won the national championship. I I, I said to each girl, you know, hey, listen, you have to want to win a championship for her, your neighbor, your person next to you. Uh, You have to want it more for them than yourself, and that's what makes it such a uh, a unique experience is when you can buy in. Well, it's the same thing with women's football. You know, if one team is doing something that is – extraordinary and it's special and it's something that can really boast up women's football. Uh, Why tarnish that by doing something and and posting on Facebook or or talking down about it uh, and and say, well, you know, you're not the first team that's played in in an NFL stadium. Oh, well, listen, I I remember me distinctly saying that I'm not sure if we are or we weren't. I mean, it, it really doesn't matter. That's not the point. The point is is that there aren't many, period, that do it. And to have the opportunity as a women's football team is a huge accomplishment along with a huge honor. And, uh, you know, you're right. You know, just the guy, everybody that is involved in women's football, we need to just continue to build it up and stop trying to tear each other down because your team, uh, you're we're so worried about your team uh, in the aspect of, well, my team doesn't get to do this, so it's it's no good for football. That, that's not the case. It's it's as equally as good for football as if it wasn't us doing it. And I I, I believe that. I would support it even if we weren't even a team offered to play uh, in the uh, in a big stadium like the Titan Stadium. Yeah, I look at it like most of you said. You know what? The, one of the worst things that drives me insane is you go to a pro football game or you go to a college football game, 90% of the people there have no clue of what really, really happens in football. All they do, most of them never play. All the guys never play. They want to sit there and holler this and that. 
I mean, me and Jennifer went to went to a high school game, and uh, three or four weeks ago. Yes, it was terrible. Yes, the team was terrible. But here you got guys sitting in the stands that look like they could probably help that team out. But rather than play, they want to sit up there and talk and do this and that and other. That's what all these people, in my mind, to me, they get on all this social media and they do is talk because they couldn't get it done. And that's the kind of stuff that drives me insane. If you want to do something, get out here and show me. Do something positive. Show me what you can do for something that matters. Not just get on our talk to try to gain likes or whatever they do on social media. I don't even mess that crap. It just when I hear about it this fires me up because we're trying to do something um great here and for women's football and and if they don't like it, uh they just need to move on, you know. They don't need to be posting about stuff. Uh, we know how they feel. We know how, how they think, and that you're never going to change their mind. They're not smart enough to to figure the big picture out. So um, I just I just think once I hear that stuff, and I hear players come up to me, man, can you believe this? And you know what? Here, here, everything we did as owners, as coaches, as fans of women's football. Then I have players coming up to me. Will you believe this person did that? And it's just like man taking a knife. They're just so happy. And it's just like taking a knife and deflating their balloon, you know, because they go from a high to the low because they're so excited and then somebody wants to take punches at them. And, you know, I, I'll just tell you, I, I, they shouldn't have to take it. I'll be the one to take it. They won't take punches somebody take them at me because, hey, I – I'm for it. I'll, I'll battle with them all day long. I just don't do it on social media. So, you know, I just I think when when we get back to the women's football, uh, what's hurting it is the lack of knowledge for people, the lack of good knowledge from fans, just in people in general, and all the negativity stuff is just one more step backwards from putting us uh, in the right direction, helping these girls get to the point where they can gain more knowledge. Yeah, I mean, that's 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 what we do as coaches. That's what owners are doing, and that's, that's, the, that's why we're in this. I mean, I'm not getting paid. Uh, you're not getting paid. We hope eventually that we do. Uh, at some point, who knows if it will happen in, in our, our era as far as coaching and owning, but uh, you know the whole the whole reason you get involved in this is so you can not only just get these girls out here to play football, but you want to teach knowledge. Uh, and and you know these listen these naysayers that are out there. Uh, and I know I know what you, who you're referring to, and I know the one team that we're referring to. Uh, listen, we are a very small market team. Very, it doesn't get much smaller than what we got going on here. Uh, and this is a big deal, not for our team as much as I mean, if, it is a big deal for our team, but it's a big deal for women's football. And I just you know, st- stop. If you can hear my voice and you you know who we are, that you we're talking about, stop stop running and, and jawing at the at the jibber jab and, and talking and trying to bring it down. Celebrate it. Make it such a joyous thing, and so we can just try to get more teams involved, as opposed to all the negativity. Negativity just drags it down, and we're trying to be successful here. So you know, just just button it up. That's all. Just button it up. Yeah, that's uh, anyway. That's uh, you know part of like I say getting uh got off track a little bit. But that honestly that it really didn't get off track. It's just 
part of the reason these girls can't get, gain the knowledge of, listen, now, we understand that not, if at some point in time that women start to get paid at some point in time, if it ever happens, that every single one of them is not going to make it. I mean, that, that's a given. But it, it gives them something to work for, and it gives um, a lot of these girls, I mean, you know, some of these girls have to work, Mike, and we've never, we haven't even seen from last year till till now, you know, they're just now getting free to be able to uh, come uh, to start working out because of work, and uh, that just, you know, that just puts everybody uh, behind, and, it, and it's just part of life. That's part of why we don't get to practice much, and, hey, and it's not just us. I mean, some people can brag. Oh, we practice four or five days a week. In reality, when you find out about it, they might work out that much. They don't get to practice that much because I'm okay. Every single team, I used to think it was different, but after having this show, and I've had several coaches on this show that have uh, that are coaches of big teams, they're in the same boat as we're in. You know, they struggle to get all their people there, all their personnel there on a regular basis to, to work on things. Um, they just have more players than us and more players than a lot of other people um, and probably better players as a whole. But it, it's the same thing because because women uh, are – they can be at all walks of life, work, family, kids, school, all the above, you know. So it, it happens um, – as a whole, so um, anything that these girls can do, uh, get together for for off season workouts, seven on seven, uh, all that kind of stuff can can really really uh, help broaden their knowledge and experience. And uh, I'm you know for me personally, I'm I'm real excited uh, about our team this year. Uh, what I've seen from the returning girls, I, I don't like to use the term veterans because you have to be part of a, as far as I'm concerned, uh, round for several years to be a veteran. And, uh, but that's pretty much what returning players are. So with the veterans we have and, and the new uh, talent and the girls that we've added, I'm, I'm real excited about what, what we've got going on and uh, this year in women's football in general because I've seen a lot of uh, uh, really, really uh, good talent so far. Uh, on uh, on this team this year. Well, that that's for sure, without a doubt. You know, from from the, the individuals that we've added, we've added speed, we've added uh, athleticism, we've added uh, you know uh, some strengths uh, as far as you know offense and defensive linemen. Um, you know, we're, we're we're across the board. I think we're we're uh, we're we're as geared up, I think, as we could possibly be as far as talent wise to make it run at a championship. Uh, but, uh, you know, like anybody else, we have a long ways to go. And, uh, you know, we're just, you know, we're going to take it uh, a workout at a time and hope that uh, these workouts are uh, as effective uh, so we can get us in there. Yeah, that's definitely, um, that's uh, that's all that's all you can do. I mean, that that's just everything. Uh, there's just so much people don't realize that. There's just so much uh, out of the control out of our hands of what uh, we, uh, you know, really, really can do. And it's not just uh, it's other teams as well. Um, you know, hey, one thing, uh, Mike, we've been uh, 
talk about women. Um, I did hear today, I want to talk a little bit about this before we get into some college football and some pro football. I heard today a couple of things that really, really stuck in my mind. One is is the, the fact that the, uh, I think his name is Nick Bosa, has decided to forfeit his uh, college scholarship to concentrate on the pros. Um, and then the other is uh, Odell Beckham, um, you know, which is all on the field. Uh, and I don't know what you'd even call him. Um, you know, I heard that his owner had made the statement that they'd like to see him play more chocolate. And I am for that 100%. Well, you know, listen, uh, Bosa leaving OSU, which is uh, is Ohio State, uh, now he, he suffered an injury uh, back when he played TCU. Um, and he had to have a surgery. So he was going to pretty much be out the rest of this season. So he's what he's really saying is that he's going to sit out the rest of the season and get ready for the 2019 uh, NFL uh, draft or the combine. Um, and um, I, I'm kind of mixed emotions about it. I mean, I don't. first of all, I don't really know how long he would have it had took him to rehab. They said it was a, a pretty serious injury uh, to a certain – I'm not even sure where it is as far as his injury, abdomen or someplace. Uh, but, um, you know, a decision that he's making, uh, it really depends. It's like if he was not going to be ready until, you know, maybe a bowl game, uh, you know, then maybe I can understand that. But, uh, you know, if he was to be ready here in a couple of weeks, that I don't understand. Uh, and um, But, you know, listen, at college is starting to become more of a business uh, you know, these, these guys are starting to think more and more about their future in the NFL, probably more than ever. Um, and so, you know, to make that decision, I, it's tough for me uh, to, to, to really uh, say one way or the other if I uh, uh, agree with it or don't agree with it. It's just, you know, it's a decision that would have to have, and I would hope, I would hope that it was a decision that was made uh, with a lot of thought going through it. Yeah, it was a pectoral muscle, um, and I'm not sure what all that consists of. I just, I don't know. It just seems like that anymore that all, all well, I'm going to tell you, it just don't seem like it. It's the way it's going, period, in sports is everything is all about me. There's, there's nothing that seems to be in a team sport anymore that has to do with the team, you know, I mean, he he's part of that team. They have they have given him. Well, I mean, like now, I mean, he they can't do nothing with that scholarship now. I mean, he was going to probably leave anyway. Um, you know, since when he's part of most part of that team, they give him a scholarship. Spent all this time, did everything. The school spent this money on him, and now it's like, well, I'm no longer part of part of this deal. I'm I'm part of I'm doing me, me, me. I mean I, I get after the year's over you're going to declare for the NFL draft or whatever. I go I, I'm not for what happened there. Uh, I just think that everybody is so everything is so driven about money anymore that you forget I, I look it's like NFL I get it's a business and that's okay. But in business, it's like all these guys not playing through their contract. Anybody that's out there listening or anybody that works on a job, probably other than the, the sports world, if you're under a contract, 
And you go in and say, hey, I don't think I'm going to finish my contact until I get more money. They're probably going to look at you and say, okay, say you picked up a phone call somebody else. So I, I'm not for all this me stuff. I'm for if if you're going to play, play. If not, at the end of the season, they can't do nothing with the with the scholarship now. Um, if you're, you know, at the end of the season, be there to support your team, not just, well, I'm leaving for the NFL draft. I mean, everybody knew he's probably going to the NFL anyway. Why do you have to make it about you now? Why can't you still be supportive of your team, still be there if they need you first one they know? I'm I'm not for that. Yeah, it it makes me wonder, though, Dave, if there is uh, some underlying issues there, that it's it's more than just an injury that he's concerned with. Like there's something that's behind the scenes. Maybe him and Urban Meyer aren't getting, getting along. Maybe there's something happening in the locker room. Uh, but either way, uh, you have a valid point. And, you know, you sign that scholarship, it's a contract, you know. Uh, and uh, you sign that, 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 that letter of intent to come to play for Ohio State, and you should play for Ohio State to the very end. And, um, you know, to that aspect, you are 100% right. But, uh, you know, it, coming down to a business decision and, and it being about Team Bosa and not OSU, I just think that's uh, – I think it's, it's bad. Um, but, you know, I, again, you know, as much as – we want you and I want it to be that way. That's the way that the college game seems to be turning. When I was playing, you couldn't wait to get back onto the field if you were injured. Uh, you didn't want to leave early. You wanted to play four years of. I mean, I, I, you, you wanted to play, uh, and now it's uh, it's money, it's contracts, it's uh, you know I want to look good for, you know whatever endorsements I'm going to get, and uh, you know that, I hope that that's not the demise uh, for for football. Well, you know, I go back to years ago, um, and I don't know if you were in Tennessee then or not. Peyton Manning um, was the first player taken in the draft. And the year that he did come out, he he would have been probably the first player taken in the draft. And I'll never forget, everybody and their brother, you know, one thing you say about Peyton Manning is he's a good guy. He 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 seems to do everything um, for the team. And I, you know, I'll never forget. Uh, he said, "No, I'm I'm coming back to play play my senior year." And it most definitely didn't hurt his career at all. It sure didn't hurt where he went in the draft. It sure didn't hurt uh, the money he made. Um, they're, they're, that just don't happen anymore, Mike. It's just not like that anymore. Uh, there's there's just not that many great guys in sports playing. There's so many good players, but not very many role models to me. It's sad. I mean, you got these players um, at all levels that think they want to run the show, that think they're above coaching, that think they know more than the coaches. They're their mates know more than the coaches. They want to get involved. They want to uh, try to single themselves out. It's happening at all levels of the game, and it, it's just sad, man. It's what um, you know what they're doing. They they think they don't have to work hard as everybody else. They think um, I don't know what all they think. It just drives me insane. Well, you know. It, it, you get to the uh, the uh, Odell Beckham story, and 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 uh, from everything that I've seen about Odell Beckham off the field, as far as workouts, uh, he seems to work really hard to be as really good as he is on the field. Um, 
again, I'm not there. I'm just going off of what I see on television. Um, but I, I think there there certainly is a time to just not say nothing and play football. Uh, you know, I can certainly understand your team being what one and five or one and four, whatever it is they are, uh, and you're not getting thrown the ball a lot. And, uh, you know, and your your on field antics. Uh, you know, whether you go over there and and, and take it out on a, 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 a kicking uh, a net or whatever the case may be. It, 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 listen, it, we talked about this. I don't know how long ago about role models. If you're an NFL player and you're Odell Beckham, whether you like it or not, you're a role model. Man, be quiet. Shut and, and play football. It's that simple. It is very that simple. His owner's 100% right. More Odell Beckham and less talking. Yeah, I just uh, – I don't know. Man, can you just imagine trying to coach these guys? I mean, I, I don't – I don't know. It just seems like it would be so, so tough. I mean, they're they're never happy. I mean, there's only so many possessions you get in the game. There's only um, so many opportunities that you have to get everybody the ball, and and we most certainly know that in some cases, um, you know, they take your best your best asset away and, and you just may not get the ball at all. That's just football, man. I mean, that is just sports in general, but especially football. You know, baseball, every single player in the starting lineup gets the same opportunity. Football, it's not that way. In basketball, you can get the rebound, take it down, shoot it, whatever. In football, it's just not that way. That's why it's the ultimate team sport. And when people at all levels, and when I say all levels, I mean all levels of, of sports. When they try to single themselves out, I've never seen one scenario when they singled themselves out that it actually turned out good for them or the team. Something always becomes of it because people uh, just don't like it. You're you're absolutely right, and you know it doesn't do anything but make. Uh, you know, make make the uh, tensions on the team, on the field, in the locker room, off the field, whatever, just even that more, uh, um, you know, potent and, 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 and deadly for your team chemistry. Uh, you know, if you want to blame anybody, blame that defense. That defense has given up a lot of points uh, to teams that they should be beaten uh, or that teams that they shouldn't they shouldn't uh, at least given up as many points to. But, you know, you're right, man. It's 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 just be, just play football. You know, it's the ultimate team sport. You should automatically know that Odell Beckham is such a target. Everybody's on him. Uh, if you don't have an O-line that can't support uh, the pass game uh, and you don't have time to get that ball to him, uh, you know, maybe that's part of his argument. I don't know. I haven't really looked into it. But the bottom line is this. You play football to take away the other team's strengths, and he's being taken out of it. And that's just it's that serious. It's that, it's that, that's the way it is. Well, I heard a guy, uh, a sports uh, sports guy, analyst, talk show host, whatever you want to talk about. I heard him say, "What is it?" Or go to the saying, "Eli Manning, he's not looking down the field. He's not doing this. He's not doing that." You know, and at first of all, you sound like he's just dogging Eli, and then he says, "The reason being." He's worried about his life. He's running for his life. He doesn't have time to look down the field. Um, he, you know, it's a, again, 
it's it's a team effort, you know. Uh, I trust me, man. I I love to win. I love to win, and it it it's bad when you can't win and you're used to winning or you're used to being a great player. And things are, I get it. And it, it is frustrating. And you know what? I can understand uh, being frustrated, kicking stuff over and all that. I get it. I really can understand that part of it. But to get out here and bash your team, bash your quarterback, bash all this and that, that's the part I don't get. Because I'll promise you, I, I will promise you that there is not one single player on the Giants roster or in that locker room that don't want to hoist up a trophy. I guarantee you there is. So they're all working. It's just sometimes things just don't go good. And the more you turn into that kind of person, the 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 harder it is for the whole organization. I mean, tensions start to fly, you know, at some point. I don't care what these guys say. You played sports. I played sports. At some point, when that person running off that mouth, uh, you know, it becomes a fact, hey, we're, we're about tired of this, you know, and I don't know when it's going to be there or if it already is. I don't know what the scenario is, but I'm telling you, they're tired of it. It's not, it's not just in the NFL. It's in women's football and uh, men's college. It's all around sports. You have these players with bad attitudes. They, they know more than everybody else, and they don't. And the bottom line is, if they would just be humble like they were when they started, they probably could be really great. No doubt Beckham is great. Don't get me wrong. He's a great player. But that just brings what is, to me, that just brings his stock way down. I, I don't want anybody like that on my team. Um, his nature, talking all the time. I mean, it's bad enough to uh, coach these girls when they don't get, uh, a lot of times when they don't get paid, some of them, like to think they know more than others and run off the mouth and think they run the show and, and all this, and they don't, uh, especially here. Um, so um, a lot of them better watch their P's and Q's now. And uh, that, that, to me, just makes it worse. Well, you know, Odell Beckham, uh, this last game against the, the uh, Carolina Panthers, he had eight receptions for 131 yards with one TD. That's not a bad day's work. Now, listen, the old adage is, you know, let your talking do on the field. There's no need for you to actually come off the field and after the game and say, hey, I need the ball more. I mean, you were targeted probably more than eight times, but you had eight receptions for 131 yards uh, and one touchdown. You played a well of a game. You lost a football game because the Carolina Panthers offense needed to play uh, a better game uh, there and and kicked a 63-yard field goal, which, you know, I if you don't know how long 63 yards is, you need to go to a football field and count off 63 yards because that's a whale of a football uh, a football kick. So, you know, hey, just, you know, do your job on the field and just let it be that. Yeah, I'm with you. Hey, uh, let's, uh, let's talk about some college football here. They was uh, um, several, several teams uh, went down again this week in, in college football and I wanna I do wanna give a shout out to our local East Tennessee State University Buccaneers. What about them man? The only loss they've suffered is to the University of Tennessee on the road. 
And uh, if I'm if I'm correct, they're ranked nationally. Is that right? They are ranked nationally, uh, but it's the is it the FCS that they're ranked in? Uh, I think last two weeks ago they were ranked uh, as low as 25th, I think, or 24th, and now I think they're up into the the, the, the latter part of the late teens. Uh, listen, there's no doubt uh, it's a small school. They're, they've only been back playing football for uh, I don't know if this is his third year or fourth year. Uh, but, you know, what they're doing right now, they, they finally get – looks like they got a good coach in there doing what he needs to do as far as getting this team uh, prepared to play every week. Uh, and, you know, they're beating solid teams. Uh, and, uh, you know, listen, even at the first half of the Tennessee game, they were really, really holding their own against Tennessee. It seemed like it wasn't really until the, uh, the second half where Tennessee just kind of, uh, you know, was able to uh, uh, take over. But, you know, uh, ETSU is definitely a team uh, in, in that FCS that's going to make some noise here shortly. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited for them. Uh, this is, I think, their fourth year back. Um, and, you know, we we know all too well what it is to take a team from scratch and, and start over. Now, I know Randy Sanders didn't do that. Um, Carl Torbus was actually the coach that did that. But Philip Palmer uh, had a hand in uh, getting all this back going and big uh, Carl Torbus, and they got some great um, – uh, assistant coaches in there, and then luckily um, this year, uh, Coach Torbus decided to retire. They was able to get Randy Sanders, and uh, those guys are are doing a great job down there. And I mean, you know, it was I can remember, um, and, and this is honestly the truth. Henry and Henry beat them uh, like three years ago. The first year they played, Henry and Henry beat them, and you know it was. Everybody was, oh, man, it's a joke, it's a joke, blah, blah, blah. Well, listen, here's the scenario for ETSU. Can you imagine at a college level trying to go draft, trying to go not draft, but trying to go sign a guy to to come and play at your college? I'm going to give you – they offered them a special something, I don't remember. But for the first year – uh, we're not going to have a team. We're going to play inter-squad games, like inter-squad scrimmages move around. So it's actually going to be two years before we ever play. Can you imagine trying to go compete at uh, signing these guys versus these other schools that are saying, hey, you come here, you play right away. So just imagine what they had to go through for the first two or three years just to get people over there, man. Can you just imagine uh, how recruiting, uh, how hard recruiting that is? No, I really couldn't. I couldn't imagine sitting in somebody's house and trying to convince them that uh, we want you to come play for us, but it's going to be two years before we play a competitive football game. Uh, you know, who knows what else they, they offered them. Uh, maybe they were eligible all six of those years. I don't know. I don't know how that, that worked out, but. Uh, you know, that, that's just got to be, uh, you know, a little, listen, to have recruiting for ETSU, period, is such a small university in East Tennessee, and it is very small compared to a lot of major universities. Um, you know, they did build a brand-new uh, football facility. It's a gorgeous facility for what they need. Uh, and, you know, the, listen, it, it's tough to get them to come here as it is, but, dude, to sit there and tell somebody, hey, uh, you know, I want you to come play for me, but it'll be two years before we can actually play an actual competitive football game. Um, you know, any any 
good recruit is probably going to think twice and say no uh, thanks but no thanks and uh, it's that man I, I no I couldn't imagine it. Well, I mean, that's what I was. My point was when I was telling these people, you know, they were talking about, oh man, they they're getting beat by Emory and Henry. Hey, look, Emory and Henry's always been a good school, um, and naturally they're even smaller than ETSU. But man, you're pretty much my getting people to come and play for you at that point that nobody else really wants. Uh, you're getting what I was calling, and I no knock on anybody, okay? I don't want to knock any of these players because, listen, it, you, you, any given chance is what I say. You, you can uh, prove yourself. But the fact of the matter is we have five-star recruits on down to walk on. You're pretty much getting the recruits there that nobody else wants. And so you're trying to take a bunch of people that nobody else wants and compete with other schools, even though they're smaller, but they got the guys they recruited and they wanted. So, I, you know, everybody, oh, man, yeah, they're terrible, this, that, and other. Well, now, you know, what uh, they they did struggle for, for a couple years and had a pretty good year last year, and, and now they're really playing good. And, uh, hey, man, my congrats out there, too. Yeah, big things definitely in the works for ETSU, and I think you know this this area uh, in East Tennessee is, is is behind them as the state of Tennessee is behind UT. Uh, so yeah, certainly uh, congratulations to them, and you know I'm, I'm looking forward to some uh, bigger things for them. Yeah, speaking of the University of Tennessee, they got a huge, huge win on Saturday by beating the the Auburn Tigers. Uh, we didn't get to uh, uh, watch it, but we heard about it. And uh, then the LSU Tigers uh, knocked off the uh, um, Georgia Bulldogs. So, so what all going on that's happening now in the uh, top five, top 25, or whatever uh, here in the college football? Well, top top 25s, really the top three are the same. You have Alabama, Ohio State, and Clemson. Notre Dame is now number four. LSU has skyrocketed now. They've 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 beaten some really solid teams. They are now number five. So they are that team that's knocking on the door to get in. Michigan is six. Texas is seventh. Uh, and Georgia, who uh, with that loss to LSU, drops down to uh, eight. Oklahoma is nine, and UCF it rounds out the top ten. So, you know, your top three are pretty much the same. But that uh, that huge win that LSU put that beat down actually that they put down on uh, on Georgia uh, skyrocketed them all the way to the fifth spot. Well, now Michigan and Ohio State. And I know Michigan's got a, a loss to Notre Dame. Um, when I watched them play, they just didn't look that good uh, to me. But now they don't play, have a really, really tough schedule. But they still, uh, they do have to play Ohio State. Uh, when, when is that game, do you know? So, let's see, Michigan just played Wisconsin. Michigan's uh, going to play Ohio State, I believe it's in a couple of weeks. Uh, I don't know if it's within the next, uh, I'm trying to think if they have a bye right off the bat before they play them. Uh, it seems like one team has a bye before they do play or they're idle. So, uh, yeah, within the next couple of weeks, they certainly are going to be playing. 
so the the Ohio State Michigan rivalry is gonna is gonna continue. So, you know, listen, I think you're right. Michigan right now, um, you know, Jim Harbaugh is is all about uh, the Michigan. Uh, uh, the Wolverines, but I, I, I'm just not really sold on Michigan. They are playing and, and winning some football games, but it just doesn't seem like they are Michigan. It seems like they're letting two teams or teams be in the game longer than they should be, or they're not executing when they should be executing. Uh, but it was certainly a big win from them uh, on sa- or Saturday. Yeah, when I when I seen it, um, to me. It looks like they're having some quarterback issues. And, I mean, shoot, everybody knows. I mean, naturally, I don't care. I ain't going to say every team, but for the most part, your team goes usually as far as your quarterback takes them. I mean, unless you just got a bunch of really good running backs and your defense is just the best, uh, that quarterback, um, you know, just controls the situation of everything. And then that's no different in high school, women's, college, pros. It, it's all the way up now. Um, and, but, you know, you would think, and, and this is what I don't understand, you would think that that would be Harbaugh's uh, strength would be uh, quarterbacks. And, you know, since he's been there, they've really not had a good quarterback. Yeah, so uh, Patterson, the guy that they got in now for Michigan, is, I guess, his best quarterback he's had. Uh, but, you know, the game that he threw uh, with uh, Wisconsin, he was only 14 of 21. He had only had a 24, 124 yards. But he did a lot more damage with his legs. So, uh, you know, you're right. A quarterback-driven head coach who was a quarterback in college and then went to the NFL and played quarterback, you would think uh, that quarterbacks would be um, – you know, his forte. Now, he did in Stanford have a quarterback in Andrew Luck. Of course, we saw how that, that's working out for him. But, I mean, if you were to ask Jim Harbaugh, you know, hey, how many quarterbacks have you had that are – who's your best? And you only have a one, you know, you, you would think, what's, what's, the, what's going on there? Why can't I recruit better quarterbacks? Yeah, I think I think that uh, to me, when I, when I watched them play, that was their – Definitely their weakest link, and and that's not a good thing um, in any in any level of sports. If your quarterback um, is your is your weakest link, so I know the the Texas has crawled up to number seven. Who who do they play this week? The Texas beat Baylor uh, twenty three to seventeen last week, and it was uh, you know it was closer than I thought it was going to be. Uh, so next week coming up, they're going to be in that big, tw- uh, still in the Big Twelve. I believe they are idle next week. They don't actually play next week, uh, which is a plus for them. And then they will play their next game uh, at home, and I believe it is against. Yeah, it's slipping my mind right at the moment, but uh, it's going to be a Big Twelve opponent. They've they've already played uh, the bulk or the meat the, the the meat and potatoes of their Big Twelve. So. Um, you know, again, Texas right now is number seven. They're on the outside looking in just like everybody else that's not in the top four. So uh, there's still a lot of football to be played. Yeah, I don't uh, – I think – well, now, does the Big 12, do they have a championship game now? Did they start that or are they still one of the leagues that don't have one? 
Yeah, they, they still do not have a, a uh, championship game, uh, but everybody in the conference plays everybody. Uh, and so, um, you know, that's, that's a downfall for them, uh, for, the, for the conference as a whole. Um, you know, when you're looking at teams like Oklahoma and Texas that are, are trying to make a push for uh, getting into that playoff. But uh, Texas will actually play Oklahoma State. Uh, that's their next game. Uh, and then in two weeks they play West Virginia. So that's an also a big game. And West Virginia, another team in the Big 12, uh, that, that, you know, unless you're winning outright in every team that you're playing in the Big 12 and you're dominating, it's really tough not to have a, 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 a championship game for your conference. Well, where, uh, West Virginia, they're undefeated. I didn't hear you mention them. I thought they were ranked up there pretty good. They seem to be playing really, really well, and they have a quarterback that uh, that can play. So West Virginia, up until this last weekend, was undefeated. They lost to Iowa State 30-14 to uh, in a game that was, I think, took probably the whole country by surprise because their quarterback over there, Greer, at West Virginia, uh, who is a Heisman candidate, really didn't have a, a great game. He was only 11 for 15 for 100 yards. He threw one TD and one pick. Uh, so, you know, they couldn't rush the ball. They only had 55 yards rushing. Uh, and their their best receiver only had four receptions for 38 yards. So really a poor game all the way around uh, offensively for West Virginia. So right now they're sitting down there at the number 13 spot. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm not going to say it's it's impossible for them to, to make a run at it, but it's certainly going to, you know, if you have a one loss and you don't have a conference championship, it's really going to be difficult to crack that, that playoff spot. Yeah, you're right. I didn't, I didn't know they'd lost. I thought they were uh, still undefeated. I know they were playing really, really good. Um, that's going to be a tough out for the for the Longhorns, no doubt about it. That's going to be a tough game. Um, well, you know what? The best thing to me, uh, the best thing about everything we talk talking about here is there's there's so much parity going on that. All these teams are are getting challenged at some point in time, or another. Well, other than a than a few, and you know what? I know everybody says, "Well, Alabama hasn't been challenged." Well, I don't know what's up with their start quarterback. I did see he got knocked out of the game. Of course, they probably got the best backup in the country. I get it, but he he's not near the dynamic on offense uh, as the, as the super guy and. Uh, Alabama still has to play um, LSU and Auburn, and then if they would win those, then they probably gonna have to play um, could be Georgia, uh, Florida, or Georgia in the SEC championship game um, if they would make it that far. Yeah, right. So nobody, I certainly wouldn't have thought Florida would have been. Uh, on their way back in the SEC. So, but right now, Florida is on their way back. Uh, and you're right. It could either be Georgia or Florida. Uh, my gut feeling says Georgia still is the team to beat uh, on, on that, that side of the, uh, of the uh, SEC. But, you know, Alabama comes uh, – they come here to Knoxville and play uh, Tennessee next weekend, which, you know, I think that's – you know, we all know what it is there. But then in two weeks when they play LSU, uh, that, that's going to be a, a huge factor – uh, that game has more comp or more riding on it than I think any football game that we have seen all season, uh, and it looks I think it's going to be a little more entertaining to what you could probably see uh, in a national championship game. That's how good these two teams are. 
Yeah, I, I think so. So, uh, well, other than and Ohio State, I mean, they sort of had uh, what they Penn State game was probably the most they've been challenged. I guess uh, maybe uh, Michigan might uh, put up a fight, but uh, most certainly looks like that that Clemson, Ohio State, Notre Dame. Um, they really don't play anybody from here on. Um, you would almost, and I get, hey, look, anything can happen. He said Iowa State beat West Virginia, but um, they pretty much uh, are looking at having, uh, unless a fluke comes up, they got three of those top four positions locked down right now. Well, Ohio State right now, if if I'm looking at uh... – if I'm looking at these top four spots in the playoffs, Ohio State to me has probably the toughest road. Uh, and, and I'm saying that because they're in the next four weeks, which are five weeks, they got Purdue, which Purdue's not going to be a pushover game. They got Nebraska. Nebraska's only six right now. But after that, they got Michigan State. They have a real tough Maryland team, and they finished the season uh, on uh, November 24th against uh, Michigan. So they, by to to me, it's they have the toughest road to go. Just the simple fact of the way that they're playing, um, I, I think they they have a, a really good shot to stay that number two. But I said it weeks ago: Ohio State always manages to lose a game that they should win. And look out! I think it's going to happen within those next three to four weeks. Ohio State's probably going to to, to botch a game that they should have won. Yeah, I, I believe even though um, Alabama is ranked number one, I believe that uh, they got the toughest challenge to stay, in my opinion, in the top four uh, because of the um, Auburn, the LSU game, and if they would make it to that to SEC championship game. Uh, the Clemson, their ACC, but really down this year, um, they're – I don't think anybody's going to challenge them much. And Notre Dame, they haven't played but two two tough teams all year. So um, yeah, it's, it's going to be it's going to be interesting. I, I love it though uh, the fact that we're talking of only really three or four teams that have really been dominant. Most of these other teams have losses in there and have clogged their way back in. And, and you know what? It's like um, losing. If you lose a game, and who who wants to lose? And I hate to lose. And you, and you, nobody likes to hear that. But if you're going to lose, it's better to lose early, like the Longhorns. I mean, they give that game away. They were better than that team. They should have won it. But anyway, they lost early. Look, they've come fighting back, clogged their way back to seventh. Um, look what happened to West Virginia. They played great early. They won, beat some good teams. They lose late. They're all the way down to 13th. And, and you know, Mike Spiro from Alba, a really good bowl game. So it, it's better to, to have that loss early in the year than it is late. And it's, and it's certainly, if you're going to lose that game early in the season, it's certainly a game you want to lose that's not in conference. Um, you know, because when you start to lose the conference uh, games, and then you have you don't have a national or a, you don't have a championship game in that conference. You know, West Virginia by losing the, uh, to uh, Iowa State knocks them to 13th. They could win every game from here on out uh, and still be so far down in the polls that they'll be you know they'll probably get a decent bowl game. But you know, for 
from where they were two weeks ago to where they are now is such night and day. Uh, but, you know, I, I think, you know, Greer and, and that coaching staff they have at West Virginia, I think they're going to be fine. I think they'll finish the season with just one loss. But, unfortunately, that one loss happening so late in the season is the loss that's going to keep them out of trying to find a playoff spot. Yep, I think you're right. Well, let's talk about some uh, NFL football. I know uh, last night I didn't get to see it, but I listened, and you know it was uh, it was uh, funny that I um, I told Jennifer um, while I was riding down the road and we were talking about it. I said, you know what? It's unbelievable that the Green Bay is that bad with Aaron Rodgers. I mean, I I feel like and. I feel like the guy's the, by far the best quarterback in the NFL. Um, and it just seems like they're so terrible. And, you know, everybody, even the announcer here on, on the radio when I'm riding down the road, they're pretty much giving, giving uh, the 49ers the game. And then here Aaron Rodgers leads them on a touchdown drive and then a drive to kick the game-winning field goal. Um, man, that just seems to be the way the NFL has gone all year long. Yeah, so I'll I tell you, I, I I was watching the game, and I, I'm not going to be the one to tell you, I, I kind of changed with slipping through channels. Uh, and then uh, when I went back to the game later on, I saw that the game was over. Uh, so I had to do some, some recapping and saw that Aaron Rodgers – uh, you know, had that game-winning drive, uh, which he seemed to do so often. And I said from day one since we started this, this NFL season, saying that I think that the Green Bay Packers and the, and the Pats are the, the two class act teams. Uh, I, I think it was a two or three years ago, the Green Bay Packers were struggling. They had a game that they won in sort of the same fashion, and then they made a push, and they ended up winning the NFC Championship game. So – I think that this might be that game that the, the, the Packers have uh, have catapulted themselves up because now they're going to have a bye, and Aaron Rodgers is going to get a little more healthy. And, oh, by the way, he was 25 of 46 for 425 yards with two TDs. I mean, that's just 425 yards. I mean, him and the only other quarterback you can compare to doing that is Tom Brady on, on an average having 425 yards. So uh, it was a heck of a drive. Uh, it was a heck of a kick, and I think it's a momentum swing that's going to help the Packers going forward. Yeah, you know, and this is just the, the great part about sports and uh, in any sport in general, but football is, is last week uh, their kickers really struggled, actually struggled for several weeks, you know, and missed some extra points and, and uh, field goals. That's why they ran, you know, uh, lost a lot and uh, – you know, bounced back last night, was four for four on the field goal, made all these uh, extra points. And, and, man, I mean, the field goal kicking and the extra points and stuff had been horrendous this year uh, in sports. So, you know, to um, for him to have such bad weeks and to come back and to redeem himself, um, kick that game winner, that's uh, that's pretty pretty good stuff there as well. Um, I do I know man there's only one undefeated team left, unbeaten team, and that's the uh, Rams. Uh, they seem to be playing really really good. They went to Denver and talked early, just run over the Broncos. Um, 
but uh, hey, I want, I do this Patrick Mahomes kid. I, I know that the Patriots uh, beat them, and the record um, was is unbelievable. Of rookie or uh, you know rookie or first start quarterbacks, whatever you want to say, playing the Patriots against Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. The record is is unbelievable. How how many times they've lost. Um, so, but this Patrick Mahomes kid, I, I believe if if he stays healthy, will will certainly be the real deal. He he didn't play that good at first, but he sure didn't get rattled, man. And he let them down on two or three drives, and some of those throws he made uh, was unbelievable. Well, well, he's first of all, he's with us. This is his second year. Uh, and his stats compared to Tom Brady, they're this, and they were playing in Foxborough. So they're his stats. This is, this is what Mahone threw. He was 23 of 36 for 352 yards. He threw four touchdowns, and he did throw two interceptions. On the other side, Tom Brady, 24 of 35 for 340 yards and one touchdown. So he outthrew and outplayed Tom Brady. But Tom Brady made those plays when it mattered the most. That's the difference in the football game. Uh, that you know they had they hit Gronkowski down there uh, uh, late uh, to get them into that field goal range. So you know, listen, that's a young team they got out there in Kansas City. They're five and one. They're still in first place over there in their division. It's a very young team, but that's a win, a loss that they can learn from as such a young team and make themselves better going forward. Because listen, if they keep playing the way they're playing. It's still going to go through Kansas City. Whoever in the FC is going to go to the Super Bowl. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I mean, I watched the Rams play, and the Rams are are pretty good. I'm still not a uh, sold on Jared Goff. I'm still not a golf fan. Um, we know how good Todd Gurley is. We've seen him play in SEC for years. Um, I, I'm not. I'm not sure how good. That I think they are out there. I mean, they they they've beaten several teams, but I mean, they haven't. The record of the teams they have beaten, I don't believe, uh, is is too good at the time um, they have beat them. I'm I'm not sure. I, I'm just not sure of how how good I think the Rams are yet. Um, but I, I'll just tell you, I'm not sure if, uh, the way. I, I wouldn't bet on any single team right now other than uh, the Giants that wouldn't and the 49ers may well I'm going to say this, there's probably four or five, I won't just keep naming there's probably four or five teams that I wouldn't bet on uh, making a big uh, playoff push and, and maybe on the Super Bowl that's how, how many teams that have been uh, you know, playing good one week, losing week, and then they rise up. Nobody just seems to be just dominant, even though I know that the Rams are undefeated. Yeah, so you got the Rams. They beat the Raiders in week one. Then they beat the Cardinals. Then they beat the Chargers. Uh, their toughest game so, uh, prior to that was, uh, well, after that was the uh, the Vikings. And then, of course, they beat the Seahawks. Uh, and then, of course, this last week they beat Broncos. So, I mean, if you – they are undefeated, but we're not talking like they're playing, you know, top-tier teams. But now going forward, they got the Rams or the uh, 49ers. Then they play Green Bay. They play the Saints. They got to go to Seattle again. 
They play the Chiefs, which is going to be a good game. That's the uh, November 11th. Uh, so they got a tough, tough schedule coming up. But on the back half of that schedule, you know, you're looking at the Lions, the Bears who are, are playing really good football, the Eagles, and then the Cardinals. So, you know, I think you're right. I think the Rams are undefeated. But I don't think that their schedule is letting us know just how good they are. Uh, and we'll find out. We'll find out when they play teams like the Packers and the Saints. And those are two back-to-back games. So I think you're right about that. Yeah, I, 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 I know this. The team that they have a win on are the Chargers. The best team that, that they have a win on are the Chargers, and they're at 4-2. Um, I've seen that. So, um, I mean, maybe maybe they are. I know I know they got maybe arguably the best defensive coordinator in the game in Wakefield. Um, those guys are um, are really good. The game that I watched them play though with that Darnold, you know, with that uh, I don't know what his name is, that defensive tackle that's really good. They shine for a lot of money, and then they got Dominic too. Um, those guys they sort of got pushed around the game. I I watched them play. Um, the Rams won the game, but they didn't just win it by blowing um, somebody out. Matter of fact, I believe it was Seattle that I got to watch them play. I mean, they did win the game, no doubt. But they didn't just get – I just don't think – they didn't have their way with them like I thought that they would for the record and everybody talking about they're the best team in the NFL. Um, I mean, we've certainly seen the Patriots struggle. We've seen the Eagles struggle. Um, we've seen uh, New Orleans when they look great. Then we've seen them when they look bad. Uh, Carolina, I mean, they have to get a 63-yard field goal to beat the Giants. And then last week, or week after, the week after, before that, they killed somebody. And then last week they got beat. Um, you know, your Cowboys, they play good one week and get pounded next week or two. Um, it's just so up and down. We just haven't seen a lot of consistent play throughout the league that we're used to seeing. Yeah, I think you're right. And I think, you know, we're going to start to see some separation at some point, I think. Well, I mean, we're going to have to uh, come in the December, you know, late December, and, and because we're going to have to see some who's going to actually be moving forward. Uh, you know, Todd Gurley for the Rams is their is their most dynamic player, and they rely on him heavily. I mean, he ran 28 carries for 208 yards against the Denver Broncos. Uh, he ended up two TDs. So, you know, they rely on that running game quite a bit. Um, but, you know, as far as parity throughout this, this league, you're, you're absolutely right. But, you know, it's not how you start. It's always how you finish. You know, you can be you – know, we saw that years ago with the Rams when the, the – I think was it the Rams or the C- Seattle who made it to the playoffs and they had a 7-9 and nine record. So, you know, it's not necessarily how you start. And I know right now we're not quite at the halfway season or ha- halfway point of the season, but it's certainly how you finish. And, you know, when you have – you know, quarterbacks like Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers who have been here before and the coaching staff and the players that have been there before understand it's how you finish, not how you start. Yeah, those those are the teams, um, and I'm going to say this, and, and I know we have some Pittsburgh Steelers fans on the team. Um, they have played good and they have played bad. But I'm going I'm to tell you this. It's the teams like San Diego, Nobody, I can't stand him. Most people don't like Bill Rivers. Uh, the guy's really good, though. Um, but you got San Diego, you got the Packers, 
to Aaron Rodgers, Patriots with Tom Brady, Steelers, Ben Roethlisberger, um, and the Saints with Drew Brees. You got those guys that are probably, I mean, and when I mention all those teams because they at least all have a couple losses, but probably have some of the best, and we'll say that at least, the best quarterback in the league on their team. And I think when it comes down to it, having that really, really good quarterback is the difference that's going to start showing some separation as these teams go forward. Well, you certainly saw that this past weekend, uh, Sunday, when you had the uh, Pittsburgh uh, or the the Steelers playing uh, Cincinnati. I mean, listen, Cincinnati wasn't no pushover. They were 4-1 when they got to, when this game went down they ended up 4 and 2 and Ben Roethlisberger throwing 32 of 46 for 369 yards and one touchdown uh and it, you know certainly that was the drive that that they had to go down and get and they got it so you know listen the Steelers are always a team that seem to be somewhere either underlooked or, or overlooked excuse me or we just kind of forget about them but somewhere they just kind of pop up and say, hey, don't forget about the Steelers. We're still here. Uh, they got a lot going on inside that organization. But, uh, listen, they they got a good running back in Connor. Uh, he, he ran the ball. He had 19 carries for 111 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, so uh, he's he's starting to make everybody think about, you know, who who is Le'Veon Bell. And I think if he keeps running the ball like he is, these Steelers are going to be really, really tough come down the stretch. Yes, I love James Conner, by the way. Um, I think he's a really, really good player, and I'd leave Bell right where he is. Um, and I, the other team I was trying to think of are the Ravens. I didn't want to um, want to go back to them. I wouldn't overlook them either because they have a good defense. They have, in my mind, the best field goal kicker, and they have a pretty good quarterback in Joe Flacco themselves. So there's about six teams right there that have taken on several losses that I think have the combination to really uh, make a maybe make a push in the end. Um, and going to the Steelers and the Beagles, um, I didn't. I'm not a fan of uh, Andy Dalton. I know he's put up great numbers there. Um, I'm not a fan of him or Marvin Lewis. I they start out about like that every year and sort of wind up just barely being 500, and uh, I don't know. I mean, Marvin Lewis, you know, they wasn't even going to bring him back, and then they couldn't find anybody else, I, I guess, that they could get, and, uh, and they did. I, I'm not a fan of his, but I don't I don't put much faith in them because I don't put much faith in, um, in their quarterback. Um, and I know I'm probably missing a few other teams that have some pretty good quarter. I mean, all those guys are good, don't get me wrong. But when I, I'm talking about, you know, what I'm considering elite, really, really good quarterback, and that being, you know, those those guys I named there. And uh, I think um, – I don't think the Cincinnati falls in that category in, in my mind. Well, uh, for the life of me, I can't figure out why Marvin Lewis still has a job. Uh, he, I, he's been there, in my opinion, way too long uh, for them to be as uh, – for the, the winning percentage that he has there. I don't have it right offhand, but I do know that every year he's on the hot seat. Every off season, we hear about Marvin Lewis coming back and maybe not coming back or should he be fired. Uh, and, uh, you know, 
listen, if if you're wanting teams to win and you're you're trying to build something, uh, you know, I think he's he's certainly shown the uh, that it's not happening while he's there. Uh, but this seems to be, I guess, a pretty good team that they have at four and two. So, you know, if they get into the playoffs this year, I honestly, personally, don't even I, I don't see him staying, uh, regardless. Uh, if even if they won the Super Bowl, in my opinion, I, I just he's been there too long and they, he's not getting it done. But you know, I don't make that decision. Right. Well, well, they uh, they uh, sort they certainly won some uh, tough games early, but they lost a couple. And I I think that they will. Uh, I think they're going to fall even farther, but. Uh, Anyway, we'll see that uh, this past week, what that make week six? Is that week six is in the NFL? That month? was week. And, uh, yeah, that was that was week six. Week seven is coming up, and that was week six. Yeah, so week six under is under our belt, and uh, it's getting uh, you know closer to halfway. About what two weeks? Well, actually, be three weeks before they all get their eighth game played because of the bye and stuff. So. Right. In about three weeks, we will really have seen what teams have put the, uh, you know, the separation that they needed to 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 make that push. I mean, if you're if you're sitting there at three and five, it, it's it's going to be tough. I mean, you're going to have to. If that, I think. I mean, this year more so than ever, I think you're going to be able. You know, in the years past, we've seen some ten and six teams not make the playoffs. Uh, I certainly yes. believe you go ten and six this year, you're going to make the playoffs. So I think you know that five hundred range, the game above five hundred. I think maybe you might be okay, you know, this year. Uh, after that, I'm not sure of uh, you know what's going to happen. But most certainly, like you say, when we get to the uh, half halfway point, we will for sure. Uh, no, no more of what's going on. Yeah, you know, listen, looking at the or looking at the standings now. I mean, a lot of these teams that started slow out of the box. I mean, you look at New England; they started at, well, I think it was zero and two, and then they went to two and two, and now they're four and two in their first place in their division. Uh, Cincinnati right now sitting at top of their division with Baltimore right on their trail. Um, you know, the, the, the Tennessee Titans, even though they lost uh, the game uh, this past Sunday, they're at 3-3. Three and three. Uh, They're in first place uh, in their division. Then you have Kansas City, and we talked about them. They're 5-1. and one. They're in first place. You have Washington, uh, Dallas, and Philadelphia all at 3-3. Three and three. Uh, They're in the NFC East. Chicago right now is at 3-2. and two. Green Bay is at 3-2. and two. Uh, and so is Minnesota. So there's pretty much a three-way tie for first in their division. So you're right. You know, you're you're pushing uh, the parity uh, envelope a lot closer, and it's gonna or a lot further, and it's gonna get um, interesting to see uh, who is actually gonna be the teams that are actually gonna just kind of separate themselves here uh, after halfway. Yep, I believe so. Well, Mike, buddy, we're about out of time. Hey, I appreciate you uh, coming on and talking and chit-chatting. And uh, uh, we'll most definitely uh, talk to you in a few days. And uh, um, you enjoy your week off there, my man. All right, man. I appreciate you. Yes, sir. All right, folks. Go to Mike Walls. Coach of Tri-Cities Thunder doing this again this week. Talked about a lot of good things. Um, you know, it, it is a rarity to find people, um, and I say this every week, that want to dedicate 
their time to something they believe and and coach mike and jc are both most those kind of people it, it's a rarity uh that no matter um you know the, the job pays nothing and it's just wanting to do something for the betterment of it um it's a rarity to find those kind of those kind of people and i i want to thank and appreciate both of them uh for doing what they do so uh, uh that'll end the show for this week and uh who knows what we'll uh drag up next week to talk about um i want to thank everybody for listening and uh honor us along every every tuesday night um till till next week we'll talk to you then.